This is Indian Noir, India's number one horror, crime and dark fantasy storytelling podcast. This is Indian Noir X, a compendium of real-life paranormal experiences and urban myths from India. Issue number 10, The Ruins. Dear Indianua, I'm writing to you about a terrifying experience from my childhood that I hope you will share with your audience. I was 10 years old when I went to live with my grandparents for a few months while my parents sorted out some business affairs in our neighboring state. My grandparents lived in an old haveli that had been in our family for ages. My dada and dadi had done an incredible job renovating and restoring the awesome two-story building which was L-shaped and featured incredible woodwork and beautifully crafted tiles it was particularly impressive given that some of the other havelis in the village were in a state of disrepair and many of them had crumbled into uninhabitable relics of the past one of these ruins was located some 10 minutes away from my grandparents place I along with the other kids I had befriended in the community would regularly play hide and seek in this particular location which was dominated by clusters of fragmented rocks fallen pillars mounds of ancient bricks and exposed foundations matted with weeds and green moss Only the insects chirped away in the sad remnants of the haveli when it was deserted and the atmosphere seemed to brighten up when the children arrived hooting and capering like armies of monkeys unleashed on a fruitful orchard we ran amok amongst the ruins without a care in the world that was until i discovered one day that underneath the conglomeration of dilapidated structures was a tunnel a dark tunnel that served as a basement and a storage facility and a home for something terrifying i discovered it because one day while playing hide and seek with the cheerful boys and girls of the village i fell through a section of the floor and found myself in the dark innards of the tunnel I cried in pain as the fall had jarred my bones and cut up the bottom of my feet. I looked up at the lit hole through which I had plunged and found the concerned faces of my friends looking down at me. "Are you okay, Chandu?" they called out. "Yes. Yes," I said. "Please get help. Be quick about it." "You don't worry." We are going to get the elders," one of them shouted down to me. One of the little girls in the group started crying, and the others shushed her. I looked ahead at the darkened tunnel and wondered what lay at the end of it. 
I had no intention of finding the answer to the curiosity that harried at my mind. I was not going to wander away and compromise my safety. No sooner had I considered this fact, the structure above me shifted, and mud bricks and dust rained on me, closing up the view to the surface and forcing me deeper into the tunnel. I coughed and wheezed as I ran into the arms of the impenetrable darkness. When I felt safe, I turned and looked on the mound of filth and chunks of stone that formed an uneven can on the spot where I had been standing moments ago. I started shaking in fear. My bowels turned to water. I felt an urgent need to pee in my knickers. Oh God, oh God, I don't want to die here. I prayed. All I had to do was wait it out. Just stay as close as possible to the spot where I had fallen through, and someone would come back and dig me out. I told myself. Be brave, Beta. I heard my mother's voice in my head. Yes, Ma, I will be brave, I said. Another thought came to me like a lightning bolt. What if there were further cave-ins? There were more rumbling sounds, and the structure above me shifted and groaned, and suddenly the other end of the long tunnel was illuminated by sunlight. Good, I thought. At least I can talk to my rescuers if I make it to the other side. It was quite dark at my end of the tunnel, so it made perfect sense to trek across to the other side. Towards light, and hopefully towards freedom. A sound like a ball rolling suddenly caught my attention. Something touched my feet, and I jumped in terror. I leapt back with a yelp. I looked down and the faint light revealed what looked like a ball made with twines or rubber bands. I let out a sigh of relief. I looked around and noticed that there were shelves built into the walls of the tunnel that featured bottles, wooden trinkets, tattered clothes and toys. It looked like the items belonged to a child. What the hell is this place? I wondered. I picked up the ball for a closer examination. No sooner had I picked it up and lifted up my head. My glance fell upon a shadowy figure, which appeared a few stride lengths in front of me. It was standing midway between me and the lit end of the tunnel. Its stature was smaller than mine, like that of a child. I can make it darker. We can play. A voice said from behind me. I turned around in terror, but there was nothing there. A scratching noise came from behind the wall cabinets to the left of me.
It was urgent and persistent. It sounded like the desperate attempts of a skeletal hand trying to break out of its wooden prison. Rats. It's got to be rats, I said to myself. We can play, the voice said in my right ear. My head snapped to the right and I screamed. There was nothing there, just the gloom. The murky entity that barred my path to the other side shambled forwards. A glass bottle flew off the shelf and shattered behind me. I can make it dark in here. We can play. The voice said in my left ear. I ran in terror, screaming at the top of my lungs. The path my sprinting form took was occupied by the ghostly form, but I had no choice. I was heading towards it, and it was hobbling in my direction. The cabinet walls to the left of me shattered, and something pearlescent with a rictus grin spilled out of the wall. I didn't halt to see what it was. The collection of tins, toys and desiccated clothing neatly stacked in the open cabinets were a blur as I willed my tired legs and my burning lungs to propel me towards the light. Something chased after me. Something fast on its feet, like the sounds of my childhood friends chasing me. It was gaining on me. Something else, bounding on four bony limbs, was hot on my heels. An animal, perhaps. A spectral creature that had released itself from its prison behind the walls. I didn't turn to look. I didn't want my heart to stop at the sight of my vile pursuers. I wanted to live. Objects from the cabinet flew out vengefully and smashed against my face and my body. I cried out for my parents and grandparents as I ran for my life. I was nearly there. The light was like a beacon of hope spilling down from the heavens. I could hear the shouts of my friends. Moments before I reached the patch of lit earth exposed to the outside world, something pulled at my feet with cadaverous hands and I landed face first on the ground, smashing my nose and chipping my teeth. Blood exploded from the front of my mouth. After the initial shock, I gathered myself and lifted my head up. To the left of me was the sallow countenance of a child with an unnaturally wide smile. His needle-like teeth chattered in excitement, 
and his eyes were gaping worm-eaten holes inhabited by dark energies. My heart pounded in my chest and I took deep panicky breaths before looking to my right. A skull face, its mouth laced with green oozing matter, champed mindlessly at thin air, like it was trying to say something. Ami, don't worry, I heard the child say. I turned my bloodied face towards him, absolute terror writ large in my wide open eyes. He knows that, I just want to play, the child said, just as his smile widened even more tearing up the mouldering flesh of his cheeks. Teeth chattered to my right, like a Morse code message from hell. My mind could not bear the terror anymore. The last thing I heard before I blacked out were the shouts of my adult rescuers calling out to me, merged with the urgings of the ghostly child to play with him. When I woke up, I was in the hospital and my relieved parents were by my side. I had escaped the tunnel. I did not tell anyone about the incident for years. I was too embarrassed. I was afraid that people would laugh at my story. Several years after my grandfather had passed away, I asked my grandmother about the ruins, which were sealed off to public after my accident. She said she was glad it was not accessible anymore. There is an evil about that place, she had said. She mentioned how her mother had told her about the merchant who owned the place, whose wife and child had disappeared one stormy night. The man had told the villagers that she had left the marriage. She had taken the child with her to her parents. But many believed that the man who was a violent alcoholic had murdered them in a fit of rage and buried their bodies in the grounds of the Haveli. I sighed when I heard this. I think there is a darkness to that place, I said to her. I didn't mention to her how I had touched that darkness and how it had touched me back. <laughs>